0: Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to the General Epistle of James, chapter 1 and verse 11, verse 12, sorry, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. Which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. James chapter 1, verse 12. It seems and may seem a strange thing to have in the same verse or same connection blessing and temptation to have, as in the earlier part of the chapter, temptations and joy. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. But what a reminder that the blessings of the gospel, they come forth out of, The fall. They come because of Satan's first temptations to our first parents and how they took up with those temptations, disobeyed, rebelled against God, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And because of the presence of sin and death, The Lord gave promise of his beloved son, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that he would come and that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. And right the way through history, we have the trials, the fruit, the effect of sin, and then the Lord's deliverance from that. We have those that have been tempted and tried and the Lord has delivered them and they have not fallen, they have been brought safely through those trials, they haven't denied the faith, they haven't gone along with Satan's temptations or their own wicked heart. And then there have been those that have fallen and the Lord has been pleased to recover them. Deliver them and they are found still in the way of the Lord and still with the life of God in their souls. We think of David falling through adultery and murder. We think of Peter denying his Lord three times in Satan's sieve. We think of those that have reeled to and fro, tossed with temptations and doubts and fears, and yet have been brought safely to be founded upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and best at last. In our text, it speaks of that blessing. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, that goes through it, and whether he falls or whether he is upheld, but he's brought through it. He doesn't fall. He is not lost through it. He is not a castaway. And certainly blessed is that man that is kept, that is upheld, that doesn't fall. But in this trial, as he's brought safely through it, we're given this precious promise, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him off the secret of enduring the temptation of being brought through the other side, it is the love that God has given to his people. We love him because he first loved us. And when we think of after Peter had fallen and the Lord met with him, the Lord did not assure him three times Peter, though thou hast denied me, I love thee. He asked him, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me more than these? Because Peter had started off, though all men forsake thee, yet will not I. And so he was brought low through those temptations. But at the end of it, he was able to profess those three times that he loved his Lord and that is what is so key here. It is those that love him, that it is that constraining love that keeps them. Though they are tossed to and fro, though they may fall, though they may feel that they are resisting unto blood, striving against sin, yet they are kept and they are brought safely through. But I want to... Uh, this morning to to speak to those that are tempted and tried with some helps from the word, helps to endure that temptation, helps to not despair, not not give up, but to have something to to look to, to hold on to. Remember this here is James. He was the Lord's brother, but he doesn't refer to himself as that, but a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus. And he is writing it there to the scattered tribes. And these things are written, written for strengthening of faith and for the help of the people of God. So I want to Speak if held firstly on temptation and its origin, and then what the blessedness is, and thirdly, the way set before us when tempted. Firstly, the origins. Now, we have already referred to the fall in the Garden of Eden. That's our first parents tempted. We read in our first reading in Matthew chapter 4, those first 11 verses recording the temptations of our Lord. We read in this passage uh, that God is not tempted. Uh, He he cannot be uh, tempted and there is no sin in him. There's nothing at all that can be laid upon the Lord as evil in him. The temptations of our Lord was vital to prove that he was not the fallen sons of Adam. He truly was the Son of God, not to be dictated to by Satan, not to have to prove who he was. God does not have to prove who he is, especially to Satan. And our Lord, as we sung, stood that fiery test. And what a contrast. Adam and Eve, they had a garden full of food. And they were tempted of one thing that they were not to have, forbidden. But with our Lord, he had hungered after 40 days of fasting and the temptation to make the stones into bread. Really the setting was so much more severe and yet our Lord, tempted in that way, we, we are to look upon him as the only one that is able to stand temptation. And may that be a good thing for us us to remember. In ourselves, we cannot stand. We cannot stand. Our Lord is not going through temptation to then turn around to his people and say, I stood it, and therefore you should, in your own strength, your own ability. No, the secret is in our help in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are told in this passage that God does not tempt any with evil and that no man that is tempted should say that he is tempted of God. We are not to say, well, we are most deeply tried and exercised Christians because we have all of these temptations and all of these things going on, and some can even make it to be a badge of honour the many times that they fall, and it is as if these things come from the Lord. Well, it is very clear in this passage where these things come from, that they come from our own uh, wicked, evil heart, and that they come from Satan, Satan tempts, but... Man, he is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. That is where that comes from. And so we have the origin of it in the garden, in Satan, in our own evil heart. We have that where it comes from. There's no sin to be tempted It is the sin to fall by temptation but often it is our own fallen nature rising up that is tempting us to evil. In that sense our Lord could never be tempted like we are in the sense of the sin from within but in our first parents that is where we fell. And our Lord has come to deliver us from the fall, from our sin. His name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save us, save his people from their sins, from their sins when they rise up to tempt and to draw us away and to side with Satan and to go in that way that ends in death. want to then think secondly of what the blessedness is? Well, of course, in the verse we have before us, we have the blessing—the blessing of life, the crown of life—that is given. That is given to those that love Him, and that blessing uh, is is attendant upon this path. This path. Of temptation and enduring it and getting through it, the life of God. We think of that which is said in Hebrews twelve regarding chastening. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, it yieldeth, bringeth the peaceable fruits of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. There is life there, the life of God there. And really in, in these things, in passing through temptation and trial, what is so vital there be, the true life of God there. And that is a blessing. When that soul is exercised, when it is looking to the Lord, when it is praying, when there is the life—not a dead soul, it's not an unfeeling soul, it's not an unexercised soul, it's not an unconcerned soul—it's the blessing of of life. It's also the blessing of bearing the uh, temptation with godliness there is a right spirit, a right way of going through temptations or triumphs whether it be the lust of our flesh whether it be the temptations that men will draw us aside or Satan it is to approach them as Godliness, with godliness, not in a worldly, carnal way. I think of Bunyan and picturing his Christian going through Vanity Fair. Those that walk through this world and they walk through it as not abusing it, but with their faces toward the Lord, that they're walking through it as those who are not of it, but are of a heavenly country. What manner of persons we are. And it's a blessed thing if you get a person, that same person, And you can put them in a a jungle. You can put them in a ship tossed with waves. You can put them in an aeroplane which is going through lots of turbulence. And that person is all the same. They're in different situations. Different things are making them fear and have an effect upon them, but they're the same. Person that is through it all. And that's a blessed thing if that is the case. It's also a blessed thing when it brings us to be dependent upon the Lord. It makes us more and more if ever, says the hymn writer, my poor soul be saved is Christ must be the way. Without me, says our Lord, ye can do nothing, except ye be united to the vine. Ye cannot bring forth fruit. We need the power of God, the vital union from God to us. Our strength of nature, and this is to be proved often in these times of temptation, is not sufficient. It doesn't work, it doesn't help us, it doesn't deliver us. And the more and more we, through these experiences, are convinced of our weakness and our dependence upon the Lord, that is a blessed thing. It doesn't lead to a self-sufficiency and a feeling, well, we can walk independent of the Lord if our temptations make us feel that we are more and more dependent upon the real, divine, powerful help of the Lord, that is a blessed thing. It is also a blessedness when it is not allowed to hinder us in our spiritual life. It is often said that praying will stop sinning or sinning will stop praying. Oftentimes, uh, falling in temptation, indulging it, will, on one hand, involve time, time that could have been spent with the Lord, or it will be feeding the flesh instead of feeding the Spirit. And so it is a blessed thing when those trials and temptations that we go through, that they are not allowed to turn us aside. They work for good in exercise, in prayer, in furtherance of spiritual life, but not in putting on hold and giving way and going the way of the flesh. Apostle in Romans, he said, if you walk after the flesh, you shall die. If you walk after the Spirit, you shall live. To be kindly minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so it is a blessed thing, even when walking through such paths. And we think we gave the illustration of of the ship, and there is the Apostle Paul a prisoner going to Rome in the midst of a hurricane in a ship with lots of prisoners and there his God stands by him and speaks to him and is with him. The Apostle Paul is the Apostle Paul in all those places that he came. He was able to say, what I am, I am by the grace of of God. It is a blessing when we know the blessedness of God in those things when He delivers us and saves us. Some of us can look back and be mercifully remembered and thought on those times of deliverance. When we have wrestled, we felt our weakness, we've cried out unto the Lord sometimes for days going through all manner of evil things within, thoughts, temptations, affections by sin defiled. And then the Lord has been pleased to come and deliver us and given us a quietness and a relief and a saving from it. Or even dropped in his word, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And they have been blessed times, sacred times, We should remember more often those times of blessing and what led up to them, what wrestlings, what fightings. You know, Jacob, with his wrestling with the angel, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. He was blessed. He saw saw in the end as an angel of God. He saw the answer to his prayers. He wrestled with God and with man. He prevailed. He was given the name of Israel. But it didn't just come easy with no wrestlings, no strivings. It can also be a blessing in a way that we could overlook. And in the context here, we have in verse 9, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. It can be that one has been a brother in the faith, one of the Lord's dear people, very low, very tempted really, whether they are the people of God. And the Lord has brought them through these temptations and trials and so helped them, so blessed them, that they've been lifted up, they've been exalted through it. And that's been the blessing for them. On the other hand, we have in verse 10, we can have the rich in that he is made low. In that sense, it can be spiritual or even natural. We think of spiritual with Peter, though all men forsake thee, yet will not I, his pride, though that pride had to be brought down, brought low, And that was the blessing. You might say, well, how was the blessing? He denied his Lord, but the blessing was that he was humbled through it. And the Lord sometimes uses our temptations and trials, our falls, to humble us and to bring us low. So we do not exult over our brethren. We do not think, well, I would never do that. I wouldn't fall like that. I wouldn't think those things. And so on one hand, there's the blessing of lifting up. the other hand, there's a blessing of humbling and bringing down. In fact, there's many blessings, we might say, attendant with such a path. Our text says, It is blessed is the man that endureth temptation, one that passes through it, one that has the patience. I told you he had heard of the patience of Job, the endurance of Job in all that he went through. And so you and I, we must, it will be so, the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, says Peter. And our Lord, in me ye shall have peace, In the world you shall have tribulation and you shall have temptations. We are not to dream of a smooth path. And certainly whenever Satan sees the beginning of a work of grace, he will try in every way he can. And he will especially use those same things that we were ensnared in and trapped in when the Lord delivered us out of them. Very often they are our besetting sins. They are those things that disnare us most. One of the brethren in the ministry, uh, he used to, before he was called, he, he, he loved playing cricket. And uh, he says, still it is now a temptation to, uh, to go to it and to follow on in, in, in the, the love of sport in that way. Well, for me, I never love cricket. There's never been a temptation. Satan could drive me all he'd like, it'd be of no avail. But if he came with other things, if he came with things of bands or of squires or, or my own fleshly lusts and desires, then he'd have a much easier time. He suitably lays his baits. Any fisherman would know. If he wants to get a certain fish, he puts the right bait on the hook and he doesn't make the hook obvious either. And so it is with Satan. And we should not then be surprised if the trials in our Christian life and experience are mainly brought about by temptations that go back to our unregeneracy, go back to what our old nature liked and what the Lord pulled us out of and delivered us from and we do expect that. And yet there is a blessedness enduring that, not looking upon it not as a temptation, but viewing it as a temptation. So I want to then look thirdly at the way set before us when tempted. How are we to how are we to get safely through, rightly through? believe well, the first is this: to realise that where the tempt where the temptation comes from, and what it leads to if followed. In verse thirteen, we have that no man say when he is tempted, "I am tempted of God." God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And we are to be clear and honest with ourselves in that. And think of those times when our lusts, our sins, have conceived. What fruit has there been? What has the effect been? to actually consider and think of these these verses. Very often we will downplay, we will make out it's not so bad as it really is to be tempted with evil or that which is contrary to the word of God, that which is contrary to a life of faith and prayer, that which is of the flesh and not of the spirit. The second thing is to know that it is the trial of faith. We have in verse 3, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. A good thing to recognise when we are actually walking in the footsteps of the flock and in what the Lord has ordained to use sin and evil and temptations for good. It's vital for us that our faith is not a natural faith, but a God-given faith. Vital for us that our faith is maintained by God. Remember with Peter, our Lord said, I prayed for thee, not that thou wouldst not deny me, but that thy faith fail not. That that is a real faith. If you and I were to be making a rope, and that rope had to hold a ship or hold us over a precipice, we would want to make sure before we launched into the abyss that that rope was strong enough to hold us. We'd test it. And in the day of grace, the Lord kindly does that for his children. He tests and tries that work. He knows what it is, but so that we know. And we know that it is not just natural, but it comes from God. And in that way, we'll be certain to be proved that naturally we will not stand. And so then, the third point is absolutely vital. And that is seeking God in prayer for wisdom. In verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men, Liberally, and abradeth not. And where is that wisdom? Well, we read of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. And it is that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. We see that it is this that we need in temptation. Christ's wisdom, his righteousness, his sanctification, his redemption. What we need is in Christ. And that is what we are to receive and remember that it is... Christ's redeeming precious blood that saves his people from their sins. Release him, let him go. This is a blood bought, one of my family. But then we are told that we are to ask, ask of the Lord, but ask in faith. Let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. On one side there is our old nature and Satan saying, this is the way, you go in this way, this is how you feel, and this is what will relieve you and make the path easier. But on the other side, you have the word of God, that faith says, I will trust that more. You think of the first temptation of, of, of Eve. On one hand, there was the word of God, thou shalt not. And then on the other hand, there is Satan. And then she views that same temptation. And she sees that it is pleasant to the eyes. It's good for food. And it's good to make one wise. And she goes off to her feelings and what Satan has put into her heart instead of the Word of God. And that is what is set before us here. What are we going to follow? What are we going to trust? Is it going to be the Word of God or is it to be our own feelings? And then we are not to waver on that. We are warned here a double minded man is unstable in all his ways. And you know, I find often that's got to be part of my prayer. Lord, I feel a restraint. I don't want to pray for this because I want it. My old flesh likes it, so I'm going to guard it and not pray against it. And he's coming before the Lord, truly seeking the Lord. The Lord said, You cannot serve God and mammon. All the time there's that in our mind, we're regarding iniquity in our heart, we're told that here too, he that regardeth iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear him. That is saying, there is this sin, there's this iniquity, but I I don't want to pray against it, I'm going to protect it, and not seek against it. No, that very thing is the thing, we are to bring before the Lord. Even though we might have our old nature crying out, against it it is if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body ye shall live so it is the blessing of actually instead of going the way of evil is going the way of the spirit the way Of the Lord. It's a counter blessing. If we have a child and they're playing with some scissors or something that is going to do them really harm, and we say, Oh, don't, don't play with those, and we went to them and we grabbed hold of their hand and grabbed hold of the scissors and tried to pull it from them, their reaction would be immediately to hold on tight and to fight and to try to pull against us and end up screaming. But if we presented them with something more pleasing, a counter-attraction, they drop the scissors and they go after that. And we're to do that with the things of God. And it's a blessed thing when the Lord sets us before us, that which causes the flesh to be mortified. It doesn't get its way. We go the other way. And so the blessing is that enduring unto the end. He that endureth unto the end shall be saved. The blessing is in relying upon the Lord Jesus Christ and in seeking to overcome that temptation to put the Lord in remembrance of his word. I pray for them. I pray not that they should be taken out of the world, but that thou keep them from the evil. To remember what is uh, set forth in Corinthians, that he will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that ye be able to bear it. Really, the, the helps all come from God. They come from the Word. They come from prayer. They come from the power of God. They don't come from ourselves. Our greatest strength is to realise our weakness and to realise our need of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And the great blessing is that blessing of life in the Lord. To whom can we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life in this situation, in passing through these temptations, And these trials, well, may this word be a help to us, a help to each passing through temptation and trial. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, not after he is tried, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. May the Lord bless the word. Amen.